0: Welcome to Mondays with Matt with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound
1: financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome in to Mondays with Matt. Thanks for tuning into the podcast as Matt Starkey and myself talk about investing, finance, and retirement. And this week on the show, five things to know about decumulation to retire successfully. So decumulation is going to be the topic here in just a second. Matt, what's going on, buddy? How are you?
0: Hey, Mark. I am doing fantastic.
1: Yeah, we are into July here. How's your summer been? A little hot, a little steamy, It's <laughs> yeah, like yours, just <laughs> getting some, <just laughs> getting a some hot bit.
0: temperatures and a little bit, of, a lot of humidity up here, you yeah. know, Michigan,
1: Yeah. got
0: it surrounded by water almost. So, but um, no, it's, it's going very well. Um, I nice. was able to get in a little vacation early on and um, back to work and working hard, actually. I always envy the school teachers. I had a conversation with my neighbor the other day and uh-huh. she, a school teacher and I said, you know, I always envied the school teachers because you guys, you know, you get the summer, three, you know, three months a of year off. I got to figure that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah.
0: Well, she says, yeah, but I think they get bored. And she's actually working with um, students this summer that have to take summer school. I think that's a little bit more of a, a of an issue this year because of the oh pandemic. sure, yeah, so,
1: yeah. Imagine I- this. Imagine it's still a little wonky you know, in all that arena. So, uh, but more yeah. power to them because. Dealing with kids all day and, and all that kind of stuff, just not my forte. So, uh, no, thank you, and a big shout out to our school teachers. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, retired. yeah, exactly. Even the retired ones, exactly. Uh, so, let's talk about some decumulation. So, basically, we could get all kinds of, uh, I guess we could get long winded about the term, but basically, there's a lot of focus that revolves around accumulating our money, but often. You know, we just don't seem to spend that much time talking about the spending of it, which is really what decumulation means. It's just basically spending down the stuff that you have accumulated through the years. So let's jump Mm -hmm. in. Number point, uh, the number one point here, like I said, there's often a lack of support, Matt, where there's so much out there about how to grow our wealth, right? How to grow our income, grow our money, so on and so forth, our nest egg. But we don't really spend a lot of time talking about how to use it (laughs) once we get there. Yeah,
0: that's true. We've talked in prior podcasts about. You know, having something to retire to, you know, so you're retiring from something you know your career, um but do you have something to retire to, something that will that you're looking forward to in retirement so this is important because a lot of times we are often in that accumulation savings mode, and a lot of times people are almost doubling down on keeping their expenses low, socking money away, trying to plan for that day that they can finally retire and when it comes do we have a planned use for our money sometimes if you want to retire early you know you you're going to use your investments to generate a couple of years of income before social security kicks in or something like that but do you have a a plan to use those retirement assets right uh, that a lot of advisors are out there trying to get business for those that are in the accumulation phase but and, and that's where the like, confusion
1: comes in, right, Matt? Because sometimes people think, hey, I'm getting with an advisor, and maybe their forte really is they're more thinking about the growth aspect, and you should be starting to think about the decumulation, the using it and, and enjoying it, and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's really where we come into play to help you determine how much should I realistically expect to be able to spend every year and not run out of money. Um, it, you know, the, the lack of support from switching, there's major things that happen, like oftentimes health insurance is an issue. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes people don't realize that hey, I'm maxing my 401k, so I'm putting away like 195 a year or up to twenty six thousand a year now in these last final years. But all of a sudden, when I retire, I don't need to put away twenty five grand a year into my retirement. It's like I'm all done, you know. So we got to plan on flipping the switch and turn going from accumulation mode to spending mode. And um, not everybody needs to spend a lot. In fact. I always say the lucky ones of you that have a pension and social security, oftentimes they don't need to touch their investments almost at all during the rest of their their life. So we end up retiring. We sometimes retire with more than we need. And how do we spend that money and really create the quality of life that we desire? We yeah. help you figure that out.
1: Yeah. And, and so let's talk about that spending aspect because that's number two on my list of the five things about decumulation, Matt, is... Look, the fear of spending your money is actually very real. There's a, a large number of retirees when they make that transition from... And I get it, right? I mean, you've been saving for 30 years or 40 years or whatever. And and while we know that it's there for us to enjoy and spend it, and that's why we've been accumulating this money is for retirement, some people, a lot of people, actually have a real hard time letting go of it once they get there. They're, they They need... Reassurance, and that's where a good plan comes into place to hopefully give them that confidence that it's okay to spend that money.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Um, having a plan is probably the biggest factor to getting rid of your fear about spending your retirement. You got to have a plan. And like I said, we will go through the cash flow scenario with you. And oftentimes, people realize that they've got more money than they really need or know what to do with. And um, you wouldn't believe the number of clients I have that have to take out the required minimum distribution and don't need the money or don't want the money or they just reinvest the money. So I remember talking on not too long ago on a podcast about a client conversation that I had Mm -hmm. and she was like, well, we want to make sure our grandkids get this and our kids get this and kids really don't, they're doing well. They don't need so much, but we really want to make sure grandkids, you know, get our money. And I said, you know, One thing, you know, and and, and I get these ideas from you, from from our clients, you know, you guys are are the real deal, but it's like, don't die with a huge bank account that your family is going to inherit. Why don't you spend the money now on experiences with your grandkids that they'll never forget grandma and grandpa and how you made them feel. Right. You can give them all the money in the world, but if you made somebody feel special, there's Value for the rest of their life in that. So when you're thinking about, oh, do we want to give them a check? No, don't give them a check. Take them for an experience. Take them on an all expenses paid trip to you know Cancun, or go to the Cedar Point and ride the your let your grandkids ride the roller coasters, and they'll remember the time when Grandma and Grandpa did this. You know, spending the money is um, it's okay. You don't have to always be fearful, but like you said uh, at the beginning here, Mark, you have to have a plan so that the fear of spending uh, is reduced or eliminated out of your life. And you can only get that by meeting with your advisor, analyzing your cash flow, And then creating a plan to spend some of their money.
1: Yeah, I mean, the confidence that needs to be there. And I know people hate the B word, they hate the word budget. You know, they think, well, if I'm on a budget and then I'm, you know, I'm living this restrictive lifestyle. And so don't call it a budget, call it a spending plan, right? So when you're getting to. Yeah, call it a spending plan. And that way you know that what you can spend uh, and comfortably. And that way you've got the confidence to do so and not have that fear that, well, if I spend a little too much, what if we run out later on, right? That's the whole point. Of a retirement plan and an income plan is to understand exactly what you got, where it's coming from, and how. That's one of the things you do, Matt. You stress test it for various scenarios and through different years and so on and so forth, so that you can get over that spending hump. And there's, like I said, there's many, many, many retirees that struggle with that, and I, I get it. I don't, I don't blame anybody, but that's why working with an advisor really comes into play in helping that uh, alleviate that, so you can do those experiences or do those right. things you want to do and not have regret.
0: Yeah, and and um. Speaking of that r- real quick I just had somebody in my office this morning we just had this conversation about the fear of spending and okay. um they spent a lot of years you know accumulating and husband just passed away and just a sweet sweet uh, lady and she's kind of running out of ideas for things to do and I asked her you know and she said well I don't have any regrets and then she kind of backed up we talked about a several different things and then she talked about how she always wanted a cottage mm-hmm. a cottage on the lake and she loves the waterfront and Never. That was the one thing they never did together, and um, it kind of almost was sad in a way. She said, "You know, that she said that the sad thing that has happened is I've got all this money, and I, you know, if I'd have known then what I know now, I probably would have got the cottage. But they invested their money in a different scenario, Mm -hmm. and that helped get her to where she's at today. But um, you know, they never. She never realized that dream of the lakefront home, and.
1: Didn't utilize it, right? Now she she, doesn't doesn't
0: feel like it. um, Doesn't feel the same way about it now. um, But I think kind of wishes that they would have. So you got to take into account who you are as a person, what your life goals are, and then design a plan that meets your bucket list, so to speak. Yeah, as long as you can do it ethically, and (laughs) and you're not going to bankrupt yourself. There's nothing wrong with spending your money. And like I said, create those experiences that the hey the family can come up and. And everybody remember, I remember those trips to the cottage when my grandparents, when I was a young boy, and uh, we loved it. I loved to go up there every summer. It was just, it was our annual vacation and it didn't cost mom and dad much. We just had to get there. And it was a great time. So
1: Yeah. And regret's one of those things we certainly don't want. As humans, we all are very comfortable with the concept of regret, unfortunately. And it's one of those things we don't want to add to it if we don't have to. So get a good spending plan in place so that you don't have to, and that's that's another way to get over some of that decumulation or understanding decumulation. Um, the risks, list number three here on this list, the the risks, Matt, are much more numerous if you want to use a sports analogy, I mean, you're a hockey guy, right? Whatever the case is, whatever sport you want to go with. But if the Mm -hmm. team is winning, the team is up, they start taking less and less chances towards the end of the game as it's winding down because they are winning versus the other team who is taking a lot more chances. Maybe they pull the goalie or whatever, right? To get another person out on the ice because they have to take chances to try to win. And so as we get closer to retirement, the risks that can kind of trip us up become much more numerous.
0: Yes, they do yeah you you don't want to get overconfident in the in the sense of hey, I'm retired and I and I have everything that I need because there are potholes there are those things we want to avoid mm-hmm. that's the importance of working with an advisor again, I bring this up and I stress this factor to people because I meet with do-it-yourselfers and it's okay to be a do-it-yourselfer but if you don't ever have anybody check your plan, you could really lose a lot of or your entire retirement just by missing one or two things. And like you said, you don't want to go be overconfident. And then all of a sudden you have to play catch up or you have to play defense. So a lot of things that you're talking about risks are, hey, we're not keeping up with inflation or maybe um, our spending got too much at the beginning and um, we're, we're running out of assets. Uh, We definitely don't want that to happen. I think that's people's number one fear or, hey, we've got long-term care situation. Why didn't we address this before? Well, we never really thought about it. Well, you you need to know if you're going to take the risk, you at least need to know what the statistic is and what you could be facing in retirement. So Mm -hmm. um, there's a a few ways to really mess up. You know, when I talk to people, I always look at their individual situation. And if you have a lot of assets and not in retirement accounts, you know, there's also a a liability risk there. I mean, if you're at, at fault in an accident, What's the number one thing people think when they're in an accident? Am I going to get sued? Well, if you are sued and you don't carry the right amount of liability protection over your home and auto, or maybe an umbrella policy, you know you got these assets that are out there and technically they're exposed to lawsuits and creditors. And so you really got to be careful because you know you if you retire and you, you're comfortable with a million and a half dollars, but you realize you know three quarters of a million is actually exposed. We got to have protection for that. So how do we do it? Well. Give me a call and we'll talk about that.
1: Okay. All right. So that's another place again. Risks where there's it is those fluctuating spending levels or Social Security mistakes or sequence of returns or you know whatever it might be taxes. That's my next one on the list. These things are all part of the decumulation process and those risks that we were talking about. So maybe focusing on taxes should be more of a forefront than it is for a lot of people, Matt, in the retirement stage, right? I mean, I know you know that, right? But that's one of the things that we talk to uh, with you know by doing this podcast is look tax consequences are just ever more important than they are when you become a retiree.
0: Yeah, Mark, this is a big one. This, what I call the ticking tax time bomb. And it's really the IRS or their control over the distributions that come from your retirement plans. If you have taxable money that's set aside, uh, it can mess up things like your social security, the amount of your social security payments that get taxed. And it can also put you in in an undesirable situation for retirement. So- we got to look at where you have your money, just as importantly as how much money you have. If all your money's taxable um, and you're not preparing for taxes in retirement, you're doing it wrong. Because um, as you pull distributions from those retirement accounts, remember they're, they're taxed like ordinary income. If you're a married couple and you have a, a decent income, just think if you're um, in that maybe 22, 24% tax bracket right now, Factor in your state taxes. So for Michigan, it's another 4%. And if I take out 20 and I have to get taxed at 24 plus another four, that's 28%. A third of my monthly paycheck from my investments, I can consider going right to the government. And what's that going to do for my other income? Well, the distributions I take out boost my other income, and you have tax on Social Security at certain income amounts. So I'm actually, it can be very tax costly to retire with a lot of qualified money that is taxable when you pull it out. Big mistake is not planning for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. A huge mistake is not planning for that because we know that this is a big place for financial advisors. This is a great big place. Even if you're not a CPA yourself, as an advisor, you're working with Uh, hopefully closely with that person's CPA in order to be as efficient as possible. And a lot of times it's not just thinking about, well, what we all do, Matt, which is we think about, you know, well, it's April, it's tax time, right? There's all these other things to really consider throughout the year and how you're positioned. And it's, you know, we talk about different buckets for income. Well, the same kind of thing for taxes, if you want to think about that way, how are we being as efficient as possible with it?
0: Absolutely. And you got to know, where your retirement dollars are coming from. So if I need to pull money from investments, am I pulling a tax-free retirement through my Roth IRA? Or am I pulling money that's partially taxable from like a non-qualified annuity or something like that? Mm-hmm. Or right. am I actually pulling fully taxable income from my IRA? All of it gets added to my other income and we pay the, you know what I would consider a maximum amount of tax on that. So yeah, you really have to have a plan going in for when you're pulling out the money and decumulating our assets uh, over that lifespan.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that was number four. Let's do one more here, number five. And that's really back to kind of the biggie. And that's just leveraging the lifetime income that we have to have because you will no longer be getting a paycheck from work once you're retired. That's the point, right? So you got to have some paychecks coming in. And, you know, maybe you're lucky enough to still be doing the traditional thing that's really kind of gone the way of the dodo. you know, maybe you still got a pension and Social Security and that might cover you. But for most of us, most of the time now, it's really about how to set up those uh, all those things that we accumulated. That's where I kind of go back to that lack of support in the first one. We've built all this stuff up, Matt. Now, how do we use it?
0: Absolutely. You know, you you just got to pay attention. And that's the reason for our podcast is to, to bring your attention to some of these fine details. Leveraging your lifetime income is, is a big piece of just making sure that we have enough money to do the things that we want to do to maintain our standard of living and, and to not have to live in, in need or with a lack in our life. So we want to really make sure that, hey, if you're retiring and let's say your income is 65000 a year, and how long will I live? Number one, when I retire? Well, most people are going to retire. Some retire young, and you have the, a lot of times if you have a pension or something like that, it, that's, that allows you to do that earlier. But let's say I'm 65 and I believe I'm going to live to be, you know, close to 90. We don't know. You, you know, you want to make sure you don't plan for, you know, under plan. But if we use like a 25 year average, most people, you know, between husband and wife, some people will blow the statistic out of the water, but you know, usually you count on a general rule of thumb, 25 years retired, right? So if we take 65,000, your current income, multiply that by 25 years, um, that's $1.6 million over 25 years that you will spend in retirement. Now, I've talked to you about this before. We don't all need that all on day one because our money should earn money while we're retired, but that's one income at 65,000 for 25 years. That's what you would spend or require, mm-hmm. so one point six million. If you have a two incomes and your income's higher, then we have to factor out also what Social Security is going to pay you, and on and on. So you got to leverage your income. Um, hopefully, you got the investments that will allow you to do that, allow you to keep money aside for emergencies and healthcare expenses. As the, as we age, those are becoming one of the biggest expense factors for retirement. So we keep an eye on all that for you. All you got to do is give us a call and work with us, and we will set you up an income stream through retirement or a plan for an income that uh, will allow you to live comfortably, not outlive your assets, and plan for this decumulation in your life. Because things can go wrong in the meantime, and we got to be prepared for things like that too. So yeah, absolutely. I think the key is have a plan to give you peace of mind. And when you're ready to pull the trigger for retirement, be working with your advisor a couple... Two to three meetings a year, probably, especially that when you're first ready to take that first leap, because you want to make sure you don't miss or have anything uncovered.
1: Well, and so if you don't like the term plan or the term budget, as I said on this podcast, then talk about a strategy. You need a good strategy in place to take care of yourself in retirement. And you need a good spending plan so that you know what you can comfortably and confidently spend uh, to decumulate that money down. And that's the spending of your assets, basically everything that you've worked hard for. And even for those folks who want to leave something behind to the kids or grandkids, nothing wrong with that. But Matt made a great point earlier Maybe some of that money might be better served creating memories together while you're still around. Uh, with the family. And then if there's something left over and you still want to leave that to them, well, that's totally fine. That's great. Whatever your ideas are or whatever your strategy or might want to be, you got to start with a good plan in place to get that done. So reach out to Matt if you've got some questions here on the podcast, 989-401-2949. That's 989-401-2949 about decumulation. Uh, You can also stop by his website, greatlakesretirementsolutions.com a lot of good tools, tips, and resources at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. You can click on the podcast page while you're there and find out how to subscribe to us on any of the platforms that are out there, Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. Of course, you could always just type in Mondays with Matt on any of those platforms that you might already have on your phone, and most of those are pre-installed. So that's another great way you can find and subscribe to the show. Matt, thanks for hanging out with me, buddy. I hope you have yourself a great remainder of the month, and I'll see you in August.
0: Thank you, Mark, and thank you all for listening. And just remember, if you can't figure out how to spend your money, just ask your kids.
1: <laughs> <They'll> <laughs> spend you, it for you Or your grandkids. They'll be happy to help you out. There you go. We've <laughs> we got a lot of ideas. <laughs> a lot of ideas. That's right. Have a great week, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us here this uh, on Mondays with Matt, having yourself a coffee or whatever it is that you're doing. And we'll see you in August. We'll be back next time